1: Hello, and welcome to the Financial Podcast. My name is Barbara Ginty, and I am your host and also a CFP, which stands for a Certified Financial Planner, and I am here with my guest today, Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi. Um, So, Katie, um, thank you for joining us. Um, Would you like to give me and also the listeners some background on yourself? So, where are you from, how old you are, um, what you do for work, that sort of jazz?
2: Yeah, so I live in Washington, D.C. I'm 27 years old, and I work as a study abroad advisor, so I work with students who are going abroad from the U.S. and also coming into the U.S. from other countries.
1: Wait, is that your full-time job? Yeah, it's my full-time job. That was what I did in college as my work-study. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: that's cool. I
1: loved it. I didn't know that was like a full-time gig. I would have probably done that if I had known. I would just switch with you. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is a full-time gig. It's it's cool. It's cool to get to work with
2: people from all over the world every day.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and encourage students to like take that opportunity, like to go. I think it's the only time in my entire life because, you know, I didn't do a gap year um, that I was ever able to spend that much time abroad was in college. Yeah, I think for, for most people, it's definitely the case. Um,
2: although, unfortunately, at the moment, the, the industry is like certainly impacted by COVID in a big way.
1: Yeah, so what happened... Oh, so then I'm going to go like on a little bit of a tangent. But so what happened to other students that were studying abroad? Like, Did they have to come home or... Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's sort of all over the place. A lot of
2: students did come home, but there were some students who felt safer wherever they were sheltering in place rather than coming home. So um, some students decided to like shelter in place. Um, although in certain countries, that means that some students are like still, still wherever they were. So. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. I did. That's like, yeah, it's hard to fly, fly back right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it depends where you are, right? Like if, Obviously, if you were from New York City, you maybe didn't want to go back there. Yeah, yeah, especially if you were in a place with like fewer cases than New York it's, City, for example. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you're 20, 27 living in Washington, D.C., um, mm-hmm. as a study abroad advisor, um, and then single, married, um, single, re- single renter. Uh, yes, renting. And then how much do you make as a study abroad advisor?
2: So I make forty two thousand dollars a year, but starting July first, we'll have a five percent pay cut given
1: um, COVID. Oh, and is this because of COVID? Yeah, exactly. With the anticipation of like decreased business in the coming year. Okay, and and so are you? Is it decreased business, like decrease for the people attending the university, or decrease with funding for study abroad?
2: In my case, probably both things will impact it. Revenue, yeah.
1: Oh wow. Okay, so you have a job, but we're gonna you're gonna be taking a pay cut.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a bummer.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. Um, um but I so feel
1: lucky to like still have a job, of course. Right. Absolutely. So then you're gonna go down to you'll be at like thirty nine thousand roughly. Yeah. Yeah. More our guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Well, let's talk about kind of your finances. So. Let's go through what your what your budget is. Did you do you know? Did you look through that already to see how this is going to affect you? I haven't really made like the calculation to my weekly, or I ha- yes, I have. It
2: shouldn't impact. It should impact my monthly take home pay by like probably like one hundred and fifty dollars a month. So yeah. okay, that's what I was thinking. Um, probably, and that that's my estimation. We'll see like how it how it pans out when I get yeah. the first paycheck. But um, so. My take-home pay, pre-COVID was um, like 1,100 on a bi-weekly paycheck, so like 22 per month, but that was with a like transportation taken out pre-tax. And so once I stopped needing to pay for like the metro, and I also decreased my 403B contribution a little bit, so now
1: it's uh, 1,200 a-, a paycheck, so like 2,400 a month. Twenty four hundred a month. Okay, and then so how much were you doing in your four hundred and three b versus pre COVID versus now?
2: So I was doing five percent before, and my
1: employer matched up to three, so I bumped down to three just to to be equal with the match. Okay, perfect. So then post COVID, you dropped it down two percent, but you're still getting the free money. I am until that's another budget cut. Was there the match going to stop
2: in July? So I will, I'm thinking I'll probably keep the same contribution though.
1: Okay, so three. Oh, I, I'd actually rather have you take like, a pay cut than a match cut. Not that you have a say in this. but um, uh, well, I'm getting both. So. Yeah, that stings. Okay. Yeah. And then, so how has it been for you? So have you been, I mean, what has it been like? Are you working from home? Is there less work to do?
2: Um, yeah, I've been able to work from home. We actually have, I would say, more more work to do than usual as we like try to get students situated from last semester and also like make alternate arrangements for students who are going to go in the fall.
1: So are your students canceling their fall plans?
2: There's, yeah, a lot of students are canceling for the fall, or a lot of them are like, moving to spring 2021 instead.
1: Oh, uh, okay, so just pushing it out. hmm Yeah, in the hopes that things get better. Yeah, it would be ideal if things got better. Yeah. Um, okay, so then how? And so then, what is your what is your budget look like? How much are you spending? What is your essential spending?
2: Yeah. So um, I have the, so the yeah the four hundred three b the and my health insurance are taken out from the paycheck um, before the take home pay. I have a thousand pay a thousand dollars in rent a month. Um, thirty five for Wi Fi. My electric bill is has been like thirty five, but it'll probably go up over the summer with AC yep. and being home more often. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would say I spend about three hundred a month on groceries. Um, eating out budget has been has I've definitely been spending less on that since COVID started. But I still pay, I would guess I still spend like two hundred on takeout. Um, <clears> okay. <throat> during COVID. And then, um, I have, let's see what else. Cell phone or cell phone. Um, I, yeah, $10 a month. I'm on my parents. I contribute to my family plan. Okay. (laughs) Um, and then I have, um, about $60 in additional medical expenses per month. I have, um, a dog, which is probably like $50 a month in expenses generally. Um, and then I would say spend like a hundred dollars, a hundred to $200 on like purchases from Amazon. So like, you know, stuff stuff for the house or not always that essential, but
1: you know, miscellaneous. Miscellaneous. Okay. So let's see. And then now are you living alone? Is it that is a thousand for your share or you do you live alone I live by myself okay that's nice um so pre-miscellaneous you're at 700 in addition to rent so Mm -hmm. let's just say like another 200 for miscellaneous so then that's about you're spending about 1900 a month with rent and wi-fi electric grocery takeout medical dog yeah so even if we round that up to 2000 just say depending Mm -hmm. on the month so like 2000 months so then you have a little bit of a surplus monthly
2: um yes i do and so does it feel like you
1: do or or
2: i think that that's the case like now that i'm not going out and doing things i have i i like haven't been good about like doing a budget and being really cognizant of what i've been spending until very recently when mm-hmm. i started to get sort of concerned about my job and like a little bit more intentional about wanting to set up an emergency fund and things like that for the future
1: Okay, great. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So do you have an emergency fund?
2: Um, I I have some savings, but I don't have them sort of separate from my like regular savings account. Okay. I have about 5,000 in savings. I have a 401k and then a from an old job and a three b from this current job.
1: Oh, okay, great. And then so 5000 is just like, is it in your checking account or is it like in a savings account linked to your checking account?
2: Yeah, savings account linked to the checking
1: account. Perfect, okay. So that, that counts as an emergency fund. Okay. It, it doesn't have to be titled an emergency fund, but essentially an emergency fund is just, you know, having cash available if there were an emergency. So for instance, if you did lose your job, you could use that 5000 to pay your bills for, I mean, you would get by for like, you'd probably cut out some of the takeout and Amazon, right? So you could probably get by for like two and a half, maybe three months if you stretched it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, I want to definitely want to keep contributing to that, like maybe more intentionally. And I'm also considering, um, if I could, you know, like opening another retirement fund in a way, like through an online bank, like an Elvest, that sort of, thing so that I could also start contributing a little bit more intentionally to my retirement in addition to what I'm doing with my paycheck.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what do you have in the old 401k? In the
2: old 401k, at the moment, it's at, at like 7,400.
1: Okay, great. And then what are you, so you, so how long have you been at this job?
2: I've been at this job for two years. They only start the 403B contributions at that your one
1: year mark. Yeah. Um, okay, so then how much do you have in there, and that will obviously be smaller because you've only done it for a year.
2: Yeah, I have twelve hundred in that one.
1: Okay, great. Yeah, so what you could do, um, and the, you know, it always goes back and forth whether your best option is to do a traditional IRA or Roth IRA. You're mm-hmm. in a lower, probably lower tax brackets. So you could do the Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. Um, so take the tax break at work because you're putting that in pre-tax and then outside of work, you could do a raw. So that would be post-tax money, meaning you're not going to get a tax break on it, but when you go to take it out in retirement, so and the rule is five years and after 59 and a half, it comes out tax free. Yeah. Yeah. But I would do. So I think it's, that would be a good idea to do. I think it's great that you're doing the 403B at work. I hope to God they give you back the match um, yeah, like once, hope so. hopefully things settle down with the, with the COVID. And then that's great because then you could, if you got yourself back up to 5% and they're doing three, then that's 8%. And then you could do something outside of work. Cause it, it would be great to get to, uh, to like a 10% for retirement. And then with the emergency fund, and I really feel like the emergency fund is like the shining star of COVID, right? Cause it's, I think it helped alleviate some stress for people having cash available. So God forbid you lost your job that you knew you could, you know, pay rent and pay bills for a, a period of time. I, Cause I feel like pre COVID people were like, Oh, I don't really need the emergency fund. I'm not going to have an emergency. And this is like very clear that you might not have an emergency, but an emergency could still happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think I think that using this as an opportunity, since you're not going out as much, right? Like I I feel like for most for the most part, since you're employed, but you know, lifestyle has changed where we're just not going out and seeing people as often or taking trips. It's a good opportunity to kind of to focus on your saving, right? Just because everything has been paused for the moment, and use that to try and build that up a little bit more. I would say if you got closer to six thousand. That would give you about three months, give or take, to cover expenses. And I think that you could make 6000 stretch farther if you had to, right?
2: Yeah, for sure, by cutting out other other pieces of the budget.
1: Yeah, by cutting out, you know, the takeout. And um, so your grocery bill might go up, but then maybe you could, you know, sustain yourself on, you know, 400 a month on groceries or 450 on groceries and then rent and then just the bare basics, you know, and not, you know, eliminate obviously Amazon or any of those additional uh, spending if you, if you lost your job and you had to. Um, so I would strive to get that to 6000 If you can get it up higher, that's great. It just gives you more wiggle room, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the benchmark is usually three to six months in an emergency fund. So you're just about there with the three months. And then it does, I don't think it hurts to have a bit more, but I also like the idea of once you maybe get to 6000 maybe splitting the difference and then doing additional retirement plus continuing to fund the emergency fund.
2: Okay. That makes a ton of sense.
1: Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I think you could do the Roth. Um, Since you're doing the pre-tax at work, maybe do the, you know, the after tax outside of work. So set yourself up with a Roth IRA. Okay. Yeah.
2: I guess what I failed to mention was I have about, $6,400. sixty four hundred dollars so I, I got a master's degree and so I have about sixty four hundred dollars in loans but I, I luckily borrowed from my parents so they gave me like a
1: really I have like two percent interest rate. Oh have so a very cool. low interest rate. Okay. And then how much do you put towards that amount?
2: I have been doing like a hundred dollars, like a bare
1: minimum at this point.
2: And but I would like to be able to get that done a little bit faster.
1: Yeah, oh absolutely. So I would say are you say, Do you think you're saving about 300 a month now with COVID? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're bringing in 2400 a month, your bills are about 2000 Are you saving the rest? Do you feel like you have surplus at the end of the month? I do
2: feel like I have, yeah, surplus that I'm saving at the end of the month.
1: So then maybe what you could do is... And how much do you put towards the emergency fund monthly?
2: I would say I've not been, like, intentional about how much you put away. What's Whatever's kind of left over.
1: So let's just say that you have... Do you think it's fair to say that there's four hundred left over at the end of the month? You know, with the number you with numbers you gave me, or do you think it's like three hundred?
2: I think yeah, I would say once I if we're talking like expenses like rent, food and things like that,
1: not counting the
2: what I have left over to like split between savings and um paying yeah. back that loan. Yeah, I'm I would say I spend about two thousand a month. So there's probably about four hundred left over.
1: Okay. Then maybe what I would do, cause I'm on the fence because one way you could do it is just say, I'm just going to take 400 a month and try and tackle one goal and then be done with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, if you could do 400 a month towards the emergency fund, you would get that to 6,000 in like two and a half months. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Right. So, you'd be done with, then then you would have 3 months of emergency fund and you could say okay i'm going to pause on that for a bit and then you could take the 400 and maybe do 100 a month towards the roth or split the difference maybe do 200 towards the roth and 200 towards the student loans it would still take you a while with the student loans but you all you do have a very you know your if your parents are holding it and you're only paying them 2% that's a very low rate and if you could get money in the Roth IRA, you know, while you're 27, 28, 29, 30, that makes a big difference in terms of compounding of interest.
2: Yeah. That's also sort of what I'm thinking about is trying to get that started as soon as possible, just possible. because of the compounding
1: interest. Right. Yeah. So that's maybe what I would do. I would maybe spend the next two and a half months and just get that emergency fund up to 6,000. Mm-hmm. And then from there I would split the difference and so maybe do 200 towards your loans and then 200 a month towards the Roth. So a hundred a pay period. Okay. that makes a lot of sense. And then that way you get you get money in the Roth, you know, while you're young, uh, but you're also working on getting rid of the loans.
2: Yeah. Okay. Cool. That seems yeah, like, that seem manageable. It seems really manageable. Yeah.
1: Okay. because um, the thing with it with with personal finance and I think that our listeners now know this is there's no perfect answer, right? It mm-hmm. has to do with you know, I think the best thing is to try and hit all the goals and make progress with all of them. Um, you know, if it was a smaller amount and I thought you could get done with it in a year, I would say, okay, let's bang them out and get them done in a year. But that would be a bit harder to do. So I think maybe splitting the difference and doing, starting the Roth now and, and getting that funded while you're young and then doubling essentially the money you're putting towards the loans.
2: Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense.
1: Yeah. To try
2: and I think make sense in like the very sh- shortest term to folk to do like emergency fund. And then once I feel comfortable with that, like switch to these to focusing on those other things.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Cause I just think the emergency funds r- super important, especially I think that it's been highlighted with COVID that you could take it like you're taking a pay cut, you could lose your job. Um, so just getting that up to like a minimum amount of 6000 because then that would get you by definitely three months. I think you could probably stretch it to four if you had to. So I think that would be good and be, you can check the box on there and feel comfortable that you have an emergency fund and then focus on the, re- the student loans and retirement outside of work.
2: Okay. In terms of emergency fund, are you a fan of high yield savings accounts or would you say just like the regular savings attached to my yeah. checking is good enough?
1: So I would probably leave a thousand just in the savings account because just God forbid you overdraft it. You have some excess cash so you don't get pinged with the fees. Um, That's what I do at least um, because the high yield savings typically takes a day or usually two to three business days to get your money out of it.
2: Mm. I see. Okay.
1: So I would leave a little bit in the savings account because it's linked to your checking. Just God forbid you needed a tow truck or something like that, you know. And it was an abnormal expense um, or your car broke down or something. So you have a little bit excess in your savings account in case an emergency happened and and you needed it very quickly. Um, But then I would do the rest of it in a high-yield savings account because you'll make more money. But it tends to not be where your checking account where they're offering the high-yield rates.
2: Yes. No, definitely not. Yeah. Not my bank. Okay. No, that makes sense. Keep some available for, like, a true emergency, like, a vet emergency vet appointment. But –
1: uh, yeah, exactly. Where right. you like or your car breaks down and the bill to to fix it is you thought was 400 and it's 1400. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to wait 3 days for the money to transfer into your checking. So I would keep a little bit in that link savings account but then I'd put the rest in the high yield savings so that you could get that extra money. Granted, it's not a huge difference at this point cuz interest rates are low, but it's better than nothing.
2: Yeah, for sure better than my bank has has like a five percent interest rate on your first five hundred dollars and then beyond that it's like the super super low whatever point zero one or
1: whatever it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah, I yeah, maybe leave a thousand in there, at least five hundred to get the five percent. But then maybe maybe a thousand and then the other once you get up to six, then the other five thousand is in a high yield savings account. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you have other questions?
2: I'm trying to see from Inez if there's anything that we didn't cover. But this isn't really helpful to, like, to, to talk through it out loud with you.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, yeah, I feel like it's hard to know when you have student loans and when you're saving for retirement and emergency funding. And there's no right or wrong answer, right? You know, if you said, I really want to just get the student loans paid off and I'm going to focus on that for a year, that's not necessarily wrong. Um, I think because you would already doing the retirement at work, so it's not like you haven't started retirement at all. Um, but I think in the case that the interest rate is so low, you know, 2% with your parents, I think it makes sense to not rush to do it. If your interest rate was like 10%, I would say, okay, like, let's try and get rid of this faster. Um, but given that the interest rate is low, I think it's fine to take a little bit more time on that and then make you know, get the Roth going sooner.
2: Yeah, I, I had the 401k for a job like right out of college. But then when I went back to grad school, I stopped contributing to it. And so it's just kind of hanging out. And so that's why I feel a little bit more pressure to
1: get back on that
2: more aggressively. Because I feel like I, I missed time.
1: You missed time. Yeah, yeah. but the, you know, the, you also got a master's, which should help with your career as well. Um, God, I wish you had contacted me when you were doing your master's, because we could have converted the 401k to a Roth
2: oh yeah I, w- I wish I had looked into what to do with that at the time but I I, I knew a lot less about personal finance at the time and it like, I
1: yeah I don't a yeah. problem but if that ever happens again um, or if you were to like lose your job and you knew it was temporary right like if they furloughed you it is something to consider when you have no income or you're in a, like an artificially lower income to consider Converting you owe taxes on it when it happens, um, but sometimes it can be worthwhile to do it Not always obviously you'd want to consult someone before you did it, but it can be worthwhile
2: Oh, that was actually a question. I did want to ask if I have it in I have the 401k just in the account that it was in before Should I so I you think that I should the best thing to do would be to transfer the existing 401k to a Roth and then be contributing to
1: that So I wouldn't do it existing unless you find out how much with a CPA, how much you're going to owe, because that will go in on top of your income. So basically they would take it the 7,400 and they would add it to your take home pay. Let's just, we'll say it was 42. So that would get put you in a 50,000 you know, at income of 50,000. So no, I wouldn't convert it to a Roth. That would have been something we could have done when you were in grad school.
2: It mm. would have
1: been like a proactive move, but that's okay. Not everyone knows about it then. So what I would say is um, with your 401k, you have the option to leave it at your current employer, wherever it's currently living. Um, I do think there's something to be said for moving it over. If you're going to open, let's say a Roth IRA with Elvis and maybe having it there too, and having your traditional IRA and your Roth IRA together so that you're monitoring them better. Cause sometimes when you leave it at an old work plan and you're not paying attention to it, you know, it's not ideal. Yeah. So I like having things kind of aggregated so that things aren't all over the place so that you then have, you know, your IRA and your Roth together. So you can log in and see both of them. Um, And then maybe, you know, maybe what you do is you decide to convert, you know, a portion of the traditional each year over to Roth. That would be an option. So rather than doing the entire amount, um, you do 2000 a year because it's not a huge tax hit. And then maybe then you don't get a tax refund for doing that.
2: Okay. Uh, I did not even know that was an option.
1: Yeah. You don't have to do the whole thing. Okay. But you absolutely want to consult a tax advisor just to have an understanding of what the tax ramifications will be. Okay. Yeah. I understand what that means.
2: Okay. But, <laughs> that sounds good. I just, I, I feel, I don't know how you've split is it, just sitting there without me contributing to it. So I was just trying to think of what, like what's a useful thing to do with it.
1: I think, excuse me, I think that would be interesting to talk to a tax advisor and consider you doing the Roth and contributing to the Roth on a regular basis. And then maybe moving over the next three years, you know, $2,000 a year or 2,500 a year and converting that traditional, you know, moving it into a traditional IRA and converting that from a traditional to a Roth while you're contributing to the Roth. So by the time you're 30, it's all Roth money. Okay, I'll look into that. Yeah, that's. I think that's what I would do. Because you shouldn't be with if your income is going to be thirty nine thousand forty thousand, you shouldn't be in too high of a bracket. That twenty five hundred shouldn't make a huge, shouldn't be a huge bill for you. Which is probably eat up if you were getting a tax refund, any tax refund, or you might have to contribute a couple hundred dollars to do it. Okay. Yeah, that's that makes sense. That's about what the refund was. So if it kind of zeroes out, then fine. It it should even out. That's what I would plan on doing, having even out so that you don't get a tax refund and then the tax refund covers the conversion. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, Katie, thank you very much for coming on. Do you have any other questions for me?
2: I don't, but thank you so much for having me and for talking through this with me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for all of our lovely listeners, you can follow us on Instagram to stay up to date with what we're doing here at Planancial. And you can also check out our free classes at www.planancial.com. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees.
0: Open your account in minutes at Chime.com Goals24. That's Chime.com Goals24. Chime. Feels like progress.
1: Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator